I'm Laura Harper-Lake. And I'm Sarah Reitzman, and you're you're listening listening to Creative Guts. beautiful people thanks for tuning in to this episode of creative guts on today's episode we're talking with josh salad based in haverhill mass josh has been at art up front street for the past few weeks doing an artist in residence josh is a multidisciplinary artist focused on figure drawing pen and ink painting illustration humor collage assemblage and more we're dying to know the story behind josh's art alias josh salad so let's get right into this episode of creative guts with josh salad so we can find out Josh Salad, thanks for being on Creative Guts. Oh my God, thanks for having me. We're so pleased to have you here. You are a artist in residence at Art Up Front Street mm-hmm. currently and my neighbor. And we're just so pumped to learn about you, your art. And okay, first question, what's up with salad? <laughs> we need to know. We've theorized. <laughs> I want to hear your theories first. Oh, okay. We discussed this <clears throat> yesterday. So the obvious one is like salad is your favorite food. No. I knew it. I knew it. The other (laughs) is that there might be some more complex reason as to the layers of a salad and the ingredients being thrown in and the textures of it all mixing together with vibrant colors might be related to how you describe yourself as an artist. Or, wow, that's beautiful. You randomly threw a dart in a dictionary and that's where you landed. So none of those... That's um, awesome. Wait to hear uh, that. Tell us now. What I told people when I was trying to be young and cool and mysterious was no one knows. Um, that's oh also gosh. kind of true because it was just sort of a nickname. Not even a nickname. It was just like, I was like, I need an Instagram handle back in like 2013. And it was like, I'll just do Josh Salad and we'll move on. And I never changed it. <laughs> but what triggered salad? Nothing, literally just, just the it was first just, word. I that needed, yeah, I needed something. You needed a random word. You I needed came a up random with salad word. and that was and that. Yeah, one is to protect identity and stuff on the internet, mm-hmm. um, which is not a cool answer, but it's like wearing a helmet. doesn't look good, but it's good for you. Yeah. Um, and then there's <laughs> also, it's very memorable. It is. Like it yeah. sticks in your head kind mm-hmm. of. Yes. Um, and it makes people talk about you like Laura exactly. and I have been yeah. doing for like two weeks. Yes. I say Josh Salad, Josh exactly. Salad, Josh Salad. It really stuck, Josh. and then I was just like, I'm going to just keep it as the the sort of pen name, and we'll go from there. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love that you, like, leaned into it, too, because now, like, your Etsy is, like, mm-hmm. Salad Art Studios, mm-hmm. so it's really, like, your art alias. Yeah. It stands out amongst the crowd. Do you like salad? Mm, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there are better ways to eat the foods in a salad than a salad. That is perfectly put like a pita pocket exactly yeah Yeah. or like i feel like salad lacks a crucial amount of bread and even (laughs) if like croutons don't add anything to that that is exact oh my gosh this is exact this is so perfect you are giving me words for feelings that i already had and didn't know how to put into words Mm. like that is exactly how i would describe salad there are better ways to eat the ingredients in salads like okay so spinach you can put it in a sandwich Mm mm-hmm my wife and I like to make these things that we call STBs, which is like a BLT, but instead of lettuce, it's spinach. Okay. Yep. The name is intentional. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you remember exactly what's in it. Um, 
I like the order you put it in too. Yeah, like we have not to, to be it. confused with like BTS. Well, spinach or, is the first yeah. ingredient. Yep. So I'm a big fan of my vegetables cooked. So like I could just like make That's a salad. That's really good for you. But like yeah, I'm right, really, right. Really so just like you. cook some spinach. Cook oh. some like oh, I love cooked vegetables. I like <laughs> non-cooked spinach. <laughs> cooked is weird. <laughs> anyway, well, cooked spinach is so small. And slimy. That's true. Yeah, it's very wet. It's slimy. It's a little slimy if you like, yeah, saute it. Instead of a nice crisp leaf. All right. Well, (laughs) so you're an artist. Anyway. I am that. (laughs) Not a salad artist. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. There are salad salad artists There are salad artists. What if you come up? In the Google search for when someone's particularly, you know, the four people on the planet that look for salad art every once in a while. Four four new clients. (laughs) Art. Um, Have you ever painted or drawn salad? Yes, but not in a good way. I drew an old propaganda poster. No, it was. I drew this. Someone um, spilled salad on the ground, like on the sidewalk. And one day I was like, I should draw that. And so I did. It was just the the way the leaves like kind of spilled out so nice and sad. Yeah. Yeah. Sad salad. Oh, that's a good name. That was really beautiful. I kind of regret not making salad one of our things for uh Gutstober. Yeah, Gutstober. Well, there's always next year. Yeah, next year. We'll just salad. remember that. Salad. <laughs> so, let's circle this train back mm-hmm. and uh, why don't you tell us about you as a creative? What mediums do you use and what styles do you like to work in? So I think, I guess mostly what I'm like known, I'm doing air quotes, known as, um, is for my pen and ink work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like specifically my sort of more graphic illustrative style. I have done a good bit of collage work and I'm doing a lot more painting now. But yeah, I've sort of stuck with pen and ink for as long as I've been an artist. And I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. It's just sort of the way it's utilized and that sort of thing changes. But yeah. I just like the, it's like the high contrast. You have a white paper and you have black ink and that's all you have to work with. And so like, what can you do with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you came to Art Up Front Street mm-hmm. and I got a chance to look at your Instagram, I immediately texted Laura and was like another figure artist because you do a lot of figure stuff. And mm-hmm. Laura for a long time has been really the only figure artist mm-hmm. here. So I was excited for her that she got to have a, a studio neighbor that's a figure artist. So you do a lot of like figure stuff too. Yeah. I don't have any. <laughs> I'm supposed to say anything else. Yes. That is true. <laughs> yes, it is true. <laughs> I'm curious where your inspiration comes for with some of your figurative work. So some of it is very realistic. Mm-hmm. Some of it is incredibly uh, surreal mm-hmm. and oddity based, I would say. And some of it is a mixture. Coming to mind is the back of a naked woman spearing a giant fish while she's on Uh, top of it. And I love that. That's a good one. How are you making these choices of which direction it's going to go in when you first have a concept? Is it, I'm going to make something surreal or I'm going to make something realistic or you just start drawing and it takes you where it takes you? So I think, I don't know if that's a much longer answer. Like if there's a much longer answer to that question, than you intended. I think like you can in, talk for as long as you yeah. Want. I I know. I'm just I'm just trying to you know <laughs> see if I can say this in under thirty minutes. I really think about the quote a lot. Like we stand on the shoulders of giants in the sense that everything that we are able to accomplish is because people before us accomplished something else. Yeah. And I think like as an artist, I don't think anyone actually ever has a truly original idea. Like we don't have actual concept of something being truly original. It's always being built on other things 
that we experience or that we look at or that we feel. Um, so in that sense, I think where stuff is coming from is always based on like what's going on around me in the sense of like, what do I see my other artist peers doing? Or like, what do I see, you know, going on in the world? Or like, you know, I have specific artists that I really like. Like I really like some of the classic illustrators like Heinrich Clay, Rembrandt, you know, those sort of names. But I think also with like the sort of surrealist elements, it comes from one being like, oh, I want to draw a figure. But then also being like, well, I really don't want to draw the feet. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put them somewhere where you can't see the feet. And then it goes from like, well, in order to make this puddle make sense, you have to add something. You know, it sort of then becomes an additive experience. And it's like pulling from, oh, well, I saw like this person do a drawing that had this like cool sort of old dead tree. So I'm going to put the old dead tree in there. But then I'm going to pull something else kind of almost like a a sense of collage. And then it becomes something new to itself. So then it's like. Yeah. And then I think just like the the fish drawing in particular, I had just learned that fish don't have vocal cords. And so there's no way that they can scream. <laughs> and I was like, that's so weird. I have to do something like draw something. How do you do that? And that's sort of where where that one came from in particular. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. And I had no idea. What is the title? Is the title... We can't hear you scream or something. I don't know. I didn't title it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it should be fish don't have vocal cords. Fish don't have vocal cords. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I wonder if we would fish less if fish did have vocal cords. I don't know. Animals animals make screaming noises and people still hunt them. Yeah. Yeah. But they usually like die immediately. Whereas fish, we like torture for a long time. I don't think that's true. I think you watch Bambi once and that's your. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, I've definitely never hunted. So I haven't either. (laughs) No. Anyway, tell us what brought you to Art Up Front Street. My wife was like, hey, I saw this gallery near nearby. Do you want to go look at it? And we walked in and. It's like, wow, this is nice. And then we met Rose and Rose, like five minutes after talking to me, was like, do you want to be the September resident? We don't have anyone. I was like, okay. And then I moved in the next day. So. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's just a match made in heaven. How has it been at Art of Front Street so far? It's been really nice. I really like the atmosphere. I am often the only person here, Mm -hmm. which is sort of weird. But also, I don't mind that. I sort of like to kind of be in my own space when I'm making stuff. But then, like, the idea of having people around in general is really, like, nice. Especially given this past, like, couple years and stuff. Yeah. It's been yeah. it's been really nice to have, like, just general activity and creation happening around me. So I do really like that. Um, I also just really like being in a studio space again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I haven't been in there since college. So it's really nice to... What days and times are you here? Because you're not lining up with others. Because I, I never see you in here when I'm in here either. I'm usually a morning person. So that's why. Yeah. 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 We're on opposite schedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a night owl and I work in the mornings usually. Yeah. So some yeah. Saturdays and Sundays I'm here in the morning, but a lot of times it's afternoons and evenings. Yeah. Is art your full-time gig? So it was. Okay. And I guess I feel like that people, people don't tell you that when you're going to go do art full-time, it's just going to be you. Yeah. That's, it's really kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like this past you know, a couple of years, it was just me and my house. And I like turned our 
dining room slash living room slash kitchen into an art studio. <laughs> um, it was really good, but also it was just really, really hard to see friends and that sort of thing. And yep. like then not yeah. be around people regularly was really, really rough. Yep. Yeah, I, I started working um, at a coffee shop. Okay. Like just part time, like 20 hours a week. Yeah. Uh, one, because my friend was there and they were like, hey, we need help. And I was like, okay, I could do this for a while. Um, and also they were like, if you come work here, you can hang your art up in here too. And I was like, marketing opportunity. Ooh. And um, so I did that and also sold like a bunch of stuff cool. through that. So that's awesome. Yeah. I got sort of that social niche filled. Yeah. And I think also like ultimately I would like to be able to rent a studio space. Yeah. Like especially in somewhere like Art at Front Street where there's other people and that sort of thing. I think that would be really helpful. But yeah, art was my full-time gig. Yeah. And I got sad. That's understandable. It's been an isolating mm-hmm. almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really weird. Yeah. I think also just like there's something with art. It's such a or not. It doesn't have to be, but often it's just like a very solo thing. Like it's you making this and it's you who creates it. And it's like you put it in a show and like if you sell it then you get money from the sale. Yeah. And like there's no community aspect in the sense of like. I worked on this with other people like, you know, if you're in a play or something or you work on a film or like you have all these other people who helped you there who can be like know exactly what happened and were there with you. And then like afterwards you can be like, wow, we did it. Like it's such like this really like celebratory thing where it's like I remember feeling like, wow, I did it. I like sold a piece and it, you know, like I spent so long on it and it's so great. And it's just like it's just like you are the only person who ever will know what that was. Yeah. There was there's no one, you know, you can like have people who sympathize, but you don't have anyone who empathizes right. with that. And I think right. that's also just a really hard thing, especially like if we are so used to doing things in community. And I think like, yeah, it's sort of I don't have a, like a, a nice end, like a, a nice button to put on that sentence, but it's just sort of like it's just you and you get up and you do it again tomorrow. Yeah. And it gets tiring to be by yourself all the time. Yeah. Do you, um, have you had any opportunities to collaborate with other artists? Yeah. So I do. Um, I have some, some friends who are also artists and sort of in similar places to me. So like we'll collaborate and that sort of thing or working on like projects. Um, but also it's like a lot of the times the collaboration is like, Oh, we're going to do a show together or something like Mm -hmm. that. But the actual work itself that is being made is still yours. Yeah. So I think that's like, something that I was not prepared to deal with as an artist and like doing that full time is realizing like it's all kind of riding on you and that makes it honestly a lot harder like I know we sort of like value this sense of independence or like you know self-actualization like I got to where I am because I did Mm -hmm. x y and z therefore I deserve what I have now when I don't think truly anyone ever gets to where they are because of solely themselves yeah and I think like in art it can feel very dissatisfying when you don't have anyone to be like, we worked on this together. Yeah. And so I think like, you know, it's sort of part of the medium. It's part of how it's, you know, how stuff happens a lot of the time. Unless you're like saying working with someone who specifically is like, oh, I made the paper for you, which I have done. And that's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but mm. like, yeah, it's not if you're sort of alienated from the rest of the process of the materials you're using and that sort of thing. It is very lonely because you don't know where the things came from that you're turning into something else. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that is a really big challenge. And I feel like, yeah, obviously being in a community uh, like Art of Front Street, Mm -hmm. you're combating that. Um, What other challenges do you think you face as an artist? Um, You know, on the show, we've discussed imposter syndrome, the business side of it all, uh, you know, creative block, you know, what other things have you tackled? 
Um, I don't think I've tackled any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> what are like, some of the other challenges uh, you've experienced? There we go. Uh, definitely all of them. I think like with imposter syndrome, it's I have a very weird relationship with it like sometimes i think i should feel it a lot more and sometimes i'm like this is crippling and crushing you know it sort of depends so much on like what the project is and what my confidence is with it it's like you know sometimes i'll be working so i'm like wow i'm just so good like how did i think of this <laughs> and then and then other times it's like i don't know how to draw like i conned every like you know however three thousand people into thinking that i was good at art like you know <laughs> I trick people into giving me a degree. Like it's sort of uh, the, the greatest con. Um, I feel you there. That's incredibly relatable. Yes. I can be a like total <laughs> rock star and a complete failure in the same week. Yeah. Yeah. I think imposter syndrome is huge. I also know that you guys have touched on that a lot. I think what's interesting and I think is more and more important now is the business side of art, which is honestly really, really hard. Like it's a beast. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't always know how because it's not like, especially if you go to like an art school, I had one class that was like business for artists. Here's what you do. And it was so incredibly helpful. All my other classmates absolutely hated it. And I was kind of meh about it at the time. And now I'm like, I wish I could have taken that class like four more times Yeah. Mm -hmm. because yeah. like it was all about, oh, here's how you build a website. Here's how you make a annual budget for a business. Right. Here's how you, you know, like. Do you make prints or do you only sell originals? Okay. What is like what, you know, do you do paintings or do you do drawings? Do you, you know, photography, but do you also make cutting boards? Like what are the kind of things that you do to make a living? Right. I sort of am in this constant balance between working on what I want to work on and working on things that will sell. Yes. Right. And it's really great when those things go together, but that doesn't happen a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. yep. It's like. I do a lot of portrait work for people. Sometimes I just hate drawing people's faces. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, this doesn't look like them. And it's that like. That is the worst thing yeah, in the world. Like, I've had that happen. It's like, well, have you ever really looked at them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's also a really weird question because sometimes then after I say that, they're like, actually, I think it does look like them. Or other times <laughs> With, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of. But it's like, then you have to like deal with like, oh, well, what is your perception of this person? Yeah, someone, how do you draw that? Yeah. Someone might have blinders on to the right. love of their life and be forgot, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever, yep. you know. Yep. Yeah. And it's sort of like um, sometimes it's really like enjoyable to do. Sometimes it's not, mm -hmm. but yeah. it does pay really well. Right. So it's sort of a, I think there's like a big part of art that's honestly just muscling through it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like there's, I feel like we talk a lot about like inspiration as artists, like, oh, I was inspired and I made this thing all night. Like I worked for it for 12 hours and it was amazing. But then so much more of it is just like, I just got to keep drawing and I really don't want to. Yeah. This really sucks. I'm so sick of drawing. But it's like, you just have to sort of push through that. Like, you know, sort of, I had this professor once who would like come up as I was working on something and he'd be like, Josh, you're in the ugly duckling stage of this painting. <laughs> and you've been there for the past three weeks. You've got about three weeks more. And I'm like, that's <laughs> half the semester. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like there's this public perception of people who aren't practicing creatives, who aren't selling mm -hmm. their work, where they think you love doing it, so you don't need to be paid as much. Ugh. And there's also this thought of, oh, you're so talented. And so you're talented and you enjoy it. So, like, I can't spend that much on this yeah. thing you know yeah. whereas it's not talent that's not the right word it's hard work and dedication mm -hmm. and practice and skill and yep. putting in monumental amounts of effort to get to the point to be able to draw a hand or a foot mm -hmm. or a face yep. or 
a mountain, whatever. And so uh, when people say that in my studio, I try to be nice and mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like can feel like really getting on the edge because I wish people understood that. Yep. Yeah. I don't think they do. I think that's sort of interesting though, because I very much get that sense a lot more from older people than I do younger people. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a real sense, especially like people who have been around artists and that sort of thing. Maybe not exactly like how much things will cost, which is a whole other question. Mm-hmm. Of like, what do you price your work to be? Um, but like right. the idea that I will pay you money to do this for me, like that has become a much more familiar concept than it is to like, you know, I've been contacted by like like there there's this woman who contacted me and was like i want you to restore this painting that's from like the 1920s or whatever and i was like one i'm not really qualified to do that (laughs) but also like i would have to do all this research all this stuff and i was like i'm gonna quote you around a thousand dollars but i need to make sure that i need like i'm actually able to do that so like let me do my homework i'll get back to you and but as soon as i said like a thousand dollars she was like oh i was gonna pay you like a hundred bucks and it's sort of like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of, but then I've never, like, I've had stuff that I've done, like, I've drawn friends or that sort of thing and been like, yeah, you don't have to pay for it. Like, I'm just practicing this and that sort of thing. And then I'm saying, I really, really like this. I'm going to buy it from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, so I think there's like a generational thing in there. I think yeah. there's still a lot of education that needs to happen across the board in terms of like, what is art? Which is a really broad question. Yep, that could be a whole <laughs> yeah, that's five a whole, episodes. Whole yep. other thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but also the idea of like what, like what are you paying for? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a very real question. Yep. And it's not just the like, yeah, you painted this painting, but there's all the other stuff that goes into yeah. it too, like advertising and like you said, pricing and like figuring out, you know, how did you gain new followers and yeah. like posting on social mm-hmm. media and making sure you're consistent there and, you know, shipping your work if you're sending it it elsewhere. Mike Durkee does like a little mini series of this on his TikTok videos yeah. where people, they have this giant debate over pricing and what you're doing it for. And he was like, you can't just break it down to an hourly rate. Right. And you can't just break it down to what materials mm-hmm. cost. You're right. paying for someone's experience and abilities that they've gotten thus far because of practice and or education. Right. And so it's a way bigger formula than just the basic like hourly right. rate plus supplies. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And you're not just trying to get paid for like the time you spent making this painting, but also all you're not getting paid anytime you're like posting to social media or like updating your website or like all of that stuff. Conceptual stuff you're doing conceptualize. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Will you tell us we're gonna go back to your childhood. Will you tell us a little bit about like when did you start creating? Did you sort of grow up knowing you wanted to be an artist? No. Well, so my earliest memory I have from my childhood is from the Philadelphia Art Museum. This story is not gonna go how you think it will. Oh uh <laughs> I'm going to just start with that. So I'm ready to be I remember I remember as a, as a child, I'm not sure how old I was, definitely like under eight, standing in front of a painting titled The Slaughtering of the Innocents by uh, Mazimo Stanzowski from the 1600s, I think. I could look that up. I don't know if it's important. <laughs> Very visceral graphic painting of King Herod killing uh, the Jewish firstborn babies and I was so enraptured by this as a, as a small child. Like I couldn't like, and one, this was like the worst day of my mom's 
life in terms of like she was like the museum staff confiscated her stroller because they thought there was a bomb in it you know my little sister like peter pants or something um and i kept running away to go look at this painting and it was horrible but i feel like that's like probably the the exposure to art that i remember the most yeah and then i decided like freshman year of college i'm gonna be an artist and that's that's my whole history really (laughs) Oh my gosh <laughs> it strikes us all in different ways it really does Indeed. it really does <laughs> did th- you take art classes in like high school or no. anything like that no oh my gosh yeah so it was sort of funny um I kind of so there was that like my mom would say that like oh I always I always knew that he was going to be an artist because he could draw army tanks really really well and like I think I just had a good sense of like spatial awareness yeah you know, as a, as a kid, um, which is definitely helpful in that sort of thing, but it's also not, you don't have to be good at spatial awareness to be, to draw, you know? And I think like, yeah, it was just sort of out of spite, I guess, when I was a senior in high school, I was like, you know, drawing faces is really hard. I bet I should learn how to do that. And that's kind of just like (laughs) turned out to end up being like, I went and I applied to be an art major. And then I also called the art department at at the school I was looking at. And I was like, hey, I've never taken an art class. And I've just started drawing in like the past three months. Can I be an art major? And they were like, absolutely. It was like, and I, so it was just, they were so like excited. Like, especially this one professor was just like, this is amazing because you're not going to have any of the bad habits from like a public school art education. Cool. Um. Which is not to say anything bad about public school art. I think it's very important. Sure, but also yeah. there's, you get a mixed bag of what, what the teaching is. So yeah, so that's sort of, you know, I had this professor who really was like, you know, how about you come in as like a comm arts major? Because you can, some of those are like overlapping and, you know, you can do some gen eds and get more practice in and then apply to switch majors your sophomore year. And so that's what I did. And I was accepted in and I became an art major. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. I love when people come on the show and have sort of like weird origin stories. Yeah. That's, is that me? Am I, okay. That's it me. Definitely okay. fits into the category of weird origin story. Not the weirdest, but it's up there. Can you, we just like link the podcast, like link to what episode is the weirdest origin Absolutely. story? Okay, Absolutely. Absolutely. I can. You. You're not going to do that. Why not? Are you going to? Are you going to? I'm thinking well, who that's subjective. Who do you think is the weirdest? I'm thinking Debbie, Debbie. Mueller. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's it's weird. It does happen. But it's interesting. It's different. It's, you know, someone far later in life. Yeah. Picking up she a didn't start after. painting until she was like in her 50s. And her mom was a professional painter and like wanted her to paint when she was younger and she just never did and then found out she absolutely loved it. <laughs> I have a question yeah. that I'd like to ask. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> just hit me with it. I hope so. <laughs> what does success mean to you as an artist? Oh, I know it's an ugly gosh. one. It's a tough one. Or not, maybe. I don't know. I think that's success is an unattainable thing, fundamentally. Contentment? I think that, well, I was, I was going to build on that. Oh, sorry. Cause I was, I, I was can edit like, out that jump. No, it's fine. Um, edit Laura out. I think, so I think success is a very elusive thing that like, if you think of like someone successful, that's going to be different for each person you mm-hmm. talk to. Um, and I think like in terms of success, I could say that it's, it's sort of similar to being like professional in the art world. Like, have you sold an art piece to someone, then you're successful. The question is, where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like 
And what do you honestly want to do? Because some people do not want anything more to just make art as a hobby. Um, be like, I like to paint pretty things. I find it relaxing. Yep. That's all I'm going to do. And that's great. Other people want to make it a full-time job or other people want to, you know, work on animation and movies or like, you know, be in galleries and or go and be in museums and that sort of thing. And I think that's like, I don't know. It's it's so subjective. Well, I, I mean, yeah. for you personally, for me not, personally, not for the capital A artist. OK, but the for me under- personally. <laughs> so what does success as an artist mean to me personally? I think that's been a goalpost that I keep moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite honestly, I was like, I will be a successful artist if I ever become a guest on a podcast. <gasps> well, you know what? Oh you God. made it, buddy. I did it. You're there. I did you did it. it. Um, what and so, a suck up. Well, not honestly though, that was a that was like it was kind of a thing. I didn't realize how easy it was gonna be. <laughs> I'm being honest. He meant a nationally recognized podcast. I am so happy. <laughs> and it's like and before that we it was can like go home now. I'm done. That was it. My interview's over. <laughs> I ruined it. Um but like before that it was like I want to sell a piece for five hundred dollars. Yeah. And like that was the goal, you know, and I did that. So it's like and like before that it was like I want to sell a piece for two hundred dollars. I've never sold something for that much. And I think like I also am not someone who dreams super big. I'm like, what can I reasonably accomplish? Like it'd be nice to sell a piece. I could sell, I've sold pieces for 30 and $40. I bet I could sell one for 50, you know, and kind of like, mm. and then being like, okay, well, what would a $50 piece of art look like? I'm going to sell a $50 piece of art. And then, you know, sort of moving on it like that. Like I think for successful for me is, you know, having a goal that I can achieve yeah. and not sacrificing my physical or mental well being. Yeah. Because like, I think I could spend hours and hours and hours working on stuff there's no guarantee that that stuff would be any good because I'd be exhausted. And also there's no guarantee that I'd be actually happy. Mm-hmm. Not because of the work was bad or anything, but just because, yeah. Like you it's, killed it's, yourself to I, get Yeah. There, right? And that was sort of the same thing of like, like, do I need to go get a part-time job in order to be happy? I love that. What a, like a, a like an incredibly healthy way to approach success into like have those sort of incremental goals. Like I did this, mm-hmm. now what's next? Now that you've been on a podcast, not that I I don't want to like jinx it in case we throw his episode away for whatever reason. In the bin. It's in gone. the bin it goes. <laughs> but like, what's next? If you throw this out, can I still have it? So I can still say I've been on a podcast? I'll, well, I don't know. We'll think about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. We can't stop you. <laughs> That's true. You could technically be like, oh, I've been on a podcast and just be lying. <laughs> this is behind, look behind the curtain. Every single episode it's recording, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, I hit stop and I hit save and I am in terror for about <laughs> 1.5 seconds that it's going to delete itself. It's not going to save. That happens. Yeah. It hasn't yet. We did one interview where it didn't work out and it was a Zoom interview beginning of COVID mm. and, you know, the person on their end did poor audio that wasn't Her workable. audio was terrible. So that wasn't on us. Otherwise, we've had a pretty good success rate. Everything's been published that we've made. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What mediums have you not tried, but you're interested in exploring? I can tell you one that I haven't tried that I'm not that interested in. Yeah, exploring. that's fine too. Great, love. I can't stand digital art. Oh, in oh. the sense of like, I can't stand personally creating it. Okay, okay, not you can that, look at it. Oh yeah, I can look. No, I look at it and I Phew. throw up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the worst neighbor I ever had was yeah. Josh Salad. Yeah. No, um, 
No, I think like I have a lot of respect for people who do digital art and that sort of thing. I have tried, like I've taken classes in it. I've worked on it myself. It's I can't stand it. Really? Yeah. You like the feel of the material like authentically I, in your hand? So I feel the same way about digital art that I felt about screen printing in mm-hmm. the sense that I like felt that there were too many layers removed between my hand mm-hmm. and the thing I was making. Mm, that's interesting. So like I like it when it's like my hand is on the paper and I'm using the tool and the tool is writing on the paper. Mm-hmm. That's I'm just like, yes, this is this is good. I know what's happening. But when it's like my hand is on a mouse or my hand is on a pen and then there's this like little bitty sliver of glass and then there's like some wild computer stuff that's making this appear. I'm like, there's so much going on here that I have no sense of how that works or like yeah. control over. Yeah. Or like with screen printing, it's like you got to make a screen, you put the screen on, you have to then like run your squeegee over it. If it comes out good, well, you're lucky, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the wild west of like, how's it going to exactly. come out? Like, yeah. yeah. So I think in that sense, like I've been trying, I've tried a lot of other things. I've also done a whole lot of sculptural work, mm-hmm. okay. um, just not recently because I think it's a violation of my renting agreement to do stone carving in my kitchen. Um, it's incredibly <laughs> messy and hazardous. Yeah. I did stone carving in college, actually. That was a huge thing. Um, I carved soapstone and alabaster and I had to have a respirator and you have to have Pretty good de- ventilation and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't even dared I to do it here. I found this um, huge slab of marble on the oh. side of the road oh. like two weeks ago. And I like slammed on the brakes and my wife was like, Josh, what are you doing? We almost died. And I was like, you don't understand. This is worth thousands of dollars. And someone's just left. It. It's it's like literally about four feet, like two feet. And it's just like like a countertop, but like solid marble. Must have been heavy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you it make was, Vanessa get out? And oh, yeah. Start yeah she helped. With oh it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I clean it up and I put it in my friend's basement. And I was like, can you hold this? And she was like, OK. <laughs> For 10 years. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But I'm like, this is so I have to do something with it. I really like the idea of like if you ever move out that like the landlord adds in the lease like specifically like no stone carving. (laughs) I'm sure it's not specifically addressed in your lease. Yeah, not specifically. It also does not specifically say that I can rig up my own lighting fixtures in the ceiling. (laughs) But I've done that. I don't think my landlord listens to this podcast. Well, (laughs) that's why it's Josh Salad. Does he know you as Josh? No, no. They don't know who I am. (laughs) Um, I also figured out in like my first couple weeks of living there how to break into the maintenance closet and like do all the fix all that stuff. Excellent. Um, So like the maintenance guy will come in and be like, hey, Josh, is it a bad problem? I'm like, yeah, I couldn't fix it. (laughs) And he's like, oh, boy, that means it's a bad one. (laughs) Um, Have you ever done any like block printing? Yes. Did you like it? I just feel no. like your style would lend well to so it. So I've done um, like, I guess it's like etching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like uh, where you have a metal plate and you put wax over it and you burn it in acid. Mm-hmm. Just your casual artist things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that I did really like because it allows you to make like multiple things uh, or prints. That's what's called. The printmaking, woodblock printing, um, it's okay. Yeah. I haven't done a ton of it. So maybe that's my answer to the question of what art medium would you like to do more of? I think I do more woodblock printing. Um, the one thing is like the little details and mm-hmm. stuff, which I really, really love. Yeah. Don't always come off the same. Like you have to, yep. so much skill takes like to get to that level. I'm like, oh, do I need to spend another five years learning how to do this? Answer is probably yes. 
I'm pretty young. I have time. I might, I might do that. I think your work would lend well to large scale and big mm-hmm. ink comes to mind who mm-hmm. does printing of large, large scale um, woodblock prints. I, in a week or two, I will have a giant piece up from big ink that I did. Uh, and it, the minimum size you can use to carve, you know, for them to print is two feet by three feet. Mm. And then the maximum is like seven feet by Ooh. five feet or something. I don't know. Don't quote me on Gigantic. that part. But I know the minimum because that's what I did. Yeah. It was still really honking big. Yeah. And uh, it was. It took a lot of time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this piece is what, like large? <laughs> it's a took, large. No, it's t- an extra it's, large. It's extra large. It took, it took months. Like. Yeah. yeah. I know. With all that fine detail, too. Yeah. Okay. Rapid fire time. Yep. Okay. Rapid fire. You're going to start us off, Sarah. You guys are okay. so prepared. Yeah, we are. We've been doing this for two years, Josh Salad. I know. Yeah, I wasn't sarcastic. You guys are just like ready to go. <laughs> Josh, what other artist has influenced you the most? Well, I mean, I already mentioned some of the classic like people. I think in terms of like more contemporary artists, I really like Junji Ito, who is a uh, um, like a manga artist. He does like horror manga and that sort of thing. My husband loves him. He yeah. has all of his books. And I bought him... He doesn't know this yet, but stickers for his birthday oh of his artwork. Happy, happy birthday, husband. Does he listen yeah. or are you going to chop? He oh, doesn't it listen. doesn't matter. And this, this will come out way out after his birthday. birthday. Yeah. But I knew that name. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's So that's like been a, I don't know if it's necessarily like who's inspired me the most. I feel like I pull a lot from different people. Yeah. Um, I also think that like really in terms of just pen and ink, like classic, you know, sort of Renaissance era like etchings and that sort of thing I've always found really fascinating and especially like the way you know figures are drawn and the way like a light is captured in these black and white things is so so interesting yeah. um and gives a very like s- real sense of space which I think is something that I really work to capture in my work like I want an environment to have a feel like you feel like you know the temperature of this place yeah. based on like the drawing and I think that's like something I've tried to pull a lot from what's your favorite color i really like the color when like a cat is lying like a black cat is lying in the sun mm-hmm. and you sort it's like not quite brown and it's not quite red but it's like a very warm color i like that color i don't know what color that would be <laughs> i like it i'm trying to put a name on the color <laughs> I, I couldn't i can't think of one either it's just like <laughs> what's your favorite scent I really like the smell of like the car air conditioner the first time you turn it on after like the winter. You're like, oh, it's hot in the car. I'm going to turn on the air conditioner. Like for the first time, I don't know what the smell is. Probably like mildew. It's like fluid, like air yeah. conditioner fluid, right? Yeah, I love it. I also really like the smell of gasoline. I wouldn't say it's my favorite smell. You're not the first one to say that on the show. Yeah. Other people like that too. Yep. Uh, what's your favorite sound? I like the sound of the dishwasher. That's so weird. We just had that one. Who said that? Jake Romano. Jake Romano. That was recent. That was very interesting. Specifically, like, after I go to bed. You can hear it. And I hear the dishwasher, like, from the other, like, across the house. It's just, like, this really faint, like, rhythmic sound. It's like, those dishes are getting so clean. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's definitely my favorite thing about, um, like, falling asleep on the couch is, like, when the dishwasher is running in the other room. I hate (laughs) falling asleep on the couch because then my back hurts for, like, three weeks. My couch is I'm 23. And my back hurts if I sleep on the couch. You're 23? I am 23. You're younger than I thought. Same. I thought you were, like, 28. I would assume everybody's close to my age. I think you just uh, have a very mature air for a man. That is 23. Do you want me to make like fart noises? No, in the that's mic okay. Or something? No, okay. Please. I can. I do know how. <laughs> We're good you have that uh, skill. <laughs> I haven't forgotten that one. <laughs> We're very glad. <laughs> what is your favorite texture to touch? I really hope this doesn't sound creepy. I really like skin. 
That definitely sounded creepy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you know that you can buy like fake skin to oh, practice I don't, tattooing I don't, on? I don't. Well, I knew that you could buy that. I do not want to touch it. Oh, interesting. I so you only, want only real skin. Only, <laughs> only real skin. <laughs> We're going to be part of a documentary after he. Yeah, this is creepy. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I really don't mean it in a creepy way. And I feel like saying that is going to make it worse. Do you want to clarify like touching your wife's skin? Yeah. She has nice skin. Yeah. I, this is okay. This is the thing. I don't know if I would have said this like a year ago. I think there's something like, I mean, you know, whatever, like electric energy or something when you yeah. physically touch someone else. Like, and I so think human touch. Yeah. I don't know if that's a tech, I guess saying it like describing that as a texture. It's not like I specifically like knuckle skin or something. Like, that's not what I mean. But it's like the, I, I don't know. Elbow I, skin. <laughs> I really need a ladder and all I have is shovels in this hole. <laughs> I mean, if you're connecting it to like the emotional connection I think, of yeah. it, then it's Yeah, less, I like it. You know, so I think like human touch. I do touch, not like being touched by people though. So it's only like you're a cat, like when you put it out there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My husband's a cat person. He's like, he's a cat. I'm a dog, you know, busy, busy, go, go, go. Look at that. What's that? Oh, I, let's do I this. thought you both are people. <laughs> You'd be wrong, my friend. My goodness. Okay, the next rapid fire question. What's your favorite salad dressing? You came up with this just for me. I wrote it in and said, I want to ask this one. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. My favorite salad dressing. I like a balsamic vinaigrette. Okay. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like a it's like a good, you know, cross the board. Even keel. Yeah. You could put it on spinach, you could put it on other leafy vegetables that I can't remember the names of right. Lettuce. Arugula. <laughs> My rabbit loves arugula. <laughs> if you were a kitchen appliance, what would you be? One of those like bread makers that's like all wobbly. He's like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> we had a, this long discussion about what we'd be. That's, funny. Oh, that's right. I forgot you and I talked yeah, about yeah. this. We played Ultimate Frisbee last night and then afterwards went out to Buffalo Wild Wings and had another conversation about what kitchen appliance you would be. It got really deep. So what kitchen appliances will you guys be? <laughs> uh, we had a hard time figuring out mine, but I think an oven because I got a lot of things cooking all the time. And I have a lot of variety, but I'm not necessarily like a gourmet oven. So I'm a, I'm like a jack of all trades, master of none. I'm an interdisciplinary artist that also does film and music and podcasting, as well as like plays team sports and stuff. So like I do a lot. So of you're variety. an oven, but not a stovetop. Um. Well, like an. I guess the, I can. The oven like, is the yeah, whole thing because that's an know. appliance. Like, oh, I got an oven. You know, like, oh, I got a stovetop. Unless you're maybe like in a commercial kitchen. So yeah. I'm specifically a residential oven. Okay, a residential oven. <laughs> yeah, like I can do a lot, and I'm very versatile. But I'm not like no, I believe it. No, I'm not like super amazing at like. A, are you an you electric know. oven or in stove, or are you like a gas? Oh, good follow up question. I was I though I prefer gas in my life. For like my I do appliance. not like gas in my life. I guess I, yeah. For I prefer gas stoves, but I think I'm probably electrical because you're faster. Yeah, you get stuff done. I get a lot of shit done, but I can. If the power goes out, I'm f- done. Like <laughs> if I don't have that, I just like collapse. I think that's a. I really like that metaphor. Yeah, I think, I think so good. I, I just can, and I could do a lot at once. 
you know, a multitasker, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I burn things and I can like overdo it. And then I fry people out by being too much sometimes. So yeah, we're going <laughs> to, I'll stop going. Cause it's that's not. a lot to unpack. <laughs> Just like an oven. Oh, and you, my friend, I'm a coffee maker. Do you have any like descriptions of why? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are you like an espresso machine? Are you a Keurig? Are you like a standard coffee? I'm maker? like a, like a Mr. Coffee, Mr. like, yeah. like lazy, cheap, basic. So like, <laughs> I like I had, to get things done. I had done. a Mr. Coffee in college. <laughs> I still have a Mr. Coffee. I still have my, as we got, when we got married. Okay. Other, other hot, I have two hot tips for the listeners. <laughs> One, get married, make a wedding registry. You get so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, you know, and I love a good, like, like a, you know, a fresh, a French press and like, mm -hmm. I like a good like latte espresso maker. I love like a good, like fancy cup of coffee, but most of the time I just want like a basic cup of coffee. I want stuff that gets the job done yeah. in a way that's like cheap and easy. And, but mostly no, it's that like, I like to get stuff done fast. I'm like warm and energizing mm -hmm. and most people like me and people who don't are kind of weird no offense i don't yeah. like coffee i know you're not a coffee drinker <laughs> so you like when people put little bags of grounds on your head <laughs> yes yeah, I love that, too. <laughs> that one doesn't have as good of a metaphor as the oven no laura's is really laura's good. is really good it's extremely yeah. well thought out we talked about it for like a half hour yeah. in my office yesterday. At the, my first. I thought you were at Buffalo Wild Wings. In the we worked together. That was the daytime. Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> was later in the night with other people. I did tell people about your oven metaphor though because they really liked it. I thought oh. you're. I thought you're like yes. My office is Buffalo Wild Wings. I, <laughs> <laughs> this is where I get my best work done. I unfortunately have talked about what kitchen appliance people are like four times in the last week. So you're really into it. I'm a nut. <laughs> Here's a question. Would you rather eat something new every single day for the rest of your life so you can never repeat something that you eat or eat the same meal for the rest of your life? But it's like maybe it's your favorite, but it's consistent. It's that. So I think nutritionally, I would have to go with the former. I think I would probably die. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you'd die. I mean, it's the same. It's not the same food. It's the same meal. This is the thing. I. So if you asked my wife this question about me, she would say, same meal every day. And I think if I'm being honest with myself, that's probably what I do anyway mm -hmm. with my life currently. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to find the energy to cook recently. Um, I hate cooking with a passion, which oh is ironic goodness. that I called myself an oven, but I hate cooking. I hate it. I, I think cooking. so. If I was, if there wasn't like a nutritional concern, mm -hmm. I probably would do the same thing if I was allowed to like alter it mildly. If it was the exact same thing every time, I would I would go with the mm -hmm. first one. Yeah, I guess I'm wondering how many like loopholes there are. Like if I pick like roasted vegetables as part of my meal, can I do like different vegetables every day or do they have to be the same you, vegetable? Oh, no, I figured it out. I figured it out. I'm going to say the same food. I'm going to say salad. To be there's, on brand. There's No, there's just so many different <laughs> salads. Yeah. Anything can be a salad if you put it in a bowl. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, that makes a, like a lot of I mean, room you could have for quinoa. It's like a yeah. warm yeah. salad. Yeah. You could have like a pizza salad. Yep. You could like have a taco salad. I don't know yep. who's making these rules, but you just broke them. I, I win. I ooh. won ooh, rapid ooh, fire. Ooh, I'm questions. hungry. I'm wicked hungry, but we need to finish this thing. So clincher question. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? To go on more dates. I imagine you met your wife young. Well, that's not it. Okay. I think I had such a concept in my brain that it was like, 
before you go on a date with someone, you have to be really sure that you want to invest time in them. Mm. And so like I ended up not asking people on dates and not making intentions clear with people a lot more than if I had just been like, I'm going to go on a date with this person and then be like, wow, that was fun. Let's go on another one or just be like, nope, that was good. Have a nice life. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, I think it was just, I mean, yeah, I, so I did get married young. I don't, that's not what I like mean by, it's more the like the attitude I think I went about life Mm -hmm. of like this idea of I have to be sure of everything before I do it in ways that you just really can't like you do not know you know in in dating you don't know if the person you're dating is going to be the person you're with forever until you end up with them forever Mm -hmm. right like there's so many unknowns that you can't really I I think the same goes with art too it's like you don't know that you're going to sell a piece if you make it or you don't know that you're going to survive if you quit your job and do art full-time and sometimes you just kind of have to do it do it Yeah. yeah like that's sort of and I'm really, I really like am hesitant to say like, you should just, just like do the thing. Cause a lot of times it, it, it's good to be caught. Like, I think it's, this is what I'll say to cautiously do more scary things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think like there's times when you shouldn't, or you should wait and that sort of thing, but also it's still good to do things. Maybe look at why is it scaring you? Yeah. And if there yeah. isn't really a good reason, except it's it's new and I've never tried it, but there's all these other benefits, then say, you know, well, I'm going to do it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And But if there are real reasons as, you know, financial security and yeah. I would be homeless if I didn't do this job or whatever, you know. Yeah. Then well, that's why I decided yeah. to marry um, a neuroscientist, too. <laughs> and she calls you a genius, right, for doing that? Uh, no, she's <laughs> like, that makes sense. <laughs> How did you two meet? Um, We both went to college together. It was sort of around my sophomore year. I was like, if I'm going to be an artist, I need some sort of financial stability in there. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) You're not. And like, are you serious? (laughs) I was like, you know who's going to have financial stability? I know this is a bit, right? No, this is 100% true. I'm not even kidding. Um, I was like, science people. So I started in going and hanging out around the science building more. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it just so happened I found someone really nice um, who also was in the science building. We ended up meeting though through like a mutual friend who was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah," and then it was kind of like we started hanging out a lot. And I was like, "Hey, th- this is also what I said." She hates that I said this. I- I'm so glad she married me. I was like, "Hey, I like hanging out with you," and she was like, "I like hanging out with you too, Josh." I was like, do you want to keep hanging out with like more commitment? <laughs> I think that's adorable. Oh, <laughs> most romantic story I've ever heard. <laughs> and, and she was like, yeah, why not? No, and she was like, what do you mean by that? And yeah. I was like, you know what I mean by it. Come on, she Vanessa, was like, get with the She was like, get with the program. No, I want you to say it. And I was like, I don't need to say it. Oh my God. Please tell me you said it. I did actually okay, say it, yeah. <laughs> Phew. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. If you're going to woo a girl, you do yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's so that's cute. what I was sort of saying. Like, you got to, I didn't want to take that. Yeah. I didn't want to actually, like, you know. Yeah. Take the leap. Yeah. It's scary. And then and then when I did, it worked out okay. Well, we're oh. talking guts here. Adorable. That's the other half of this. Show us your creative. You're getting ready? Because <laughs> we're going to say it. He knows the drill. I know. How many episodes I did my did homework. I listened to like three. Which ones? I think I listened to like the three most recent ones. 
Yeah. I really love the one where you had with the, I forget her name, the woman who did the postcards. Oh, yeah. And she sent. Megan. Yeah, Megan with yeah. the with the ghosts. Yeah. She One, she cracked me up. She was so funny. She's awesome. Um, Such a good episode. But yeah. She made us do a shot of whiskey before we interviewed. I I sound, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> we said it in the bloopers. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So thank you again, Josh Salad, for being on the show. It was so awesome getting to know you, and we look forward to seeing your work in the future. So with that, three, two, one, show show us your your creative guts. Another big thank you to the one and only Josh Salad for joining us on this episode of Creative Guts. That was super fun. Josh was the perfect balance of funny and oddball while slipping into super thoughtful sound bites. His art is incredible, so it's amazing that he's only been doing it for a handful of years. Yes, Josh's perspective is so thoughtful and insightful. Listening to him discuss his process and motivations made me reflect and re-examine my own in a different lens, which I think is really important to do. I am a big fan of his work and have enjoyed him as a studio mate at Art Up Front Street. Check out Josh Salad's work on Instagram, where his handle is josh.salad, and on Etsy, where his handle is Salad Art Studios. As always, you can find those links and more in the episode description for this episode. Find out more about Creative Guts online, creativegutspodcast.com, and on Facebook and Instagram where our handle is at Creative Guts Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Creative Guts. You wrote pen and in. It happens. (laughs) It I want a gold star for not saying in. I'm actually really proud of you. Thanks. But you probably just jinxed it and you're going to screw up the rest of the you time. You betcha. I'm a big fan of his work and have real. Yeah, you're right. Told you. I wrote really too many times. I'm really, really, really. She really, really means it. Um, Can you just say just a few words? hitting me in the, in the nose. <laughs> that might be a tough one um my nose is really small so maybe this works better for me <laughs> i'm trying to like move it because it keeps like um so we're interviewing hey, listeners oh. <laughs> i just like the podcast that's crazy it's like a live episode in your ears oh hey listeners thanks for tuning in to creative guts hey listeners got bloopers already sorry i'm sorry <laughs> away from the mic or pull back a little bit if you need to laugh, if we're hilarious or something. Um, Shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, I practiced. I practiced just there. Oh, we're fast friends, aren't we? Um, Why don't we take the pot filter off? You think so? Yeah. Do you want to unscrew it and just put it on the table? That's totally... um, Sorry, the pot filter is such a pain in the... (laughs) I can just I can just hold it. Oh. That's gonna be so annoying. <laughs> we could like wrap it around your neck and just like have it in front of your mouth, so the pop filter always goes with you. I can attach <laughs> if I like attach it, and it like comes down like this. Wait, wait a sec. Wait, hold on. I gotta actually attach it. We're not we're not gonna do this halfway. <laughs> this is like a little like weird alien antenna. <laughs> I think I can actually do this. Hold on. If I unscrew it enough. This is literally the funniest thing. <laughs> this is a creative guts first. What, someone attaching their, yes. their pop guard to their headphones? Believe it or not, yes. Okay, ready? What if this actually Fun. works? <laughs>
Let me take this off. Okay. We'll keep it attached to like the guest headphones all the time and be like, here you go. <laughs> like, what the f- <laughs> I'm like determined to get this now. <laughs> I was so But are you going to keep it on? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. I thought it was just a bit. No. It's not a bit. Josh Salad is committed to high quality production. <laughs> I should have took a picture of him normal, though, before we... (laughs) (laughs) So alien. Alright, so how's my sound quality? Is it? It's great. Is it still, is it still really We're good? We're still rocking and rolling. Alright, there we go. This is so weird, but oh, excellent. It if it works, works so if it well. works, it works. Oh my gosh! Do you want to know what, what you, you look, look like? like? <laughs> <laughs> this is going on the internet. Okay. Okay. Well, why we have an alias name? Exactly. <laughs> yep. So maybe we'll see you back in April. I really want to like. Take a bite out of this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's why the, the pop filter's there, uh, so you don't get snacky. Like it, did, it did not. I did not have that urge until the pop filter was gone. Is and it in the past, ice like, cream cone shape. Yeah, it's like the past ten minutes. I've just been like. <laughs> I, just, I just really like to take that's a bite. That's definitely of this. a blooper. That's the best blooper we've ever had. I got a um, an email yesterday from the uh, the president of the Portsmouth America? Chamber of Commerce, <laughs> <laughs> and he listened to like six of our episodes and just wanted to email me about it. Who did the, the president of the Portsmouth Chamber of Commerce? So this is the first time she's hearing about this. I, live yeah, on I totally, air. I totally didn't tell her. <laughs> We're getting the. That's really cool. Isn't that sweet? He said he really liked our interview with Najee Brown, and like that was oh, a person he that was. A- yeah, yeah, that was a really good yep. one. Yep. Aww. I think he specifically listened to like Portsmouth people more so than anyone yeah. else because, yeah, yep. it was cool. Deborah Holloway. Oh, so nice. Nancy Pearson. Yeah. I'm not There's from Portsmouth. So he won't listen to you. He won't listen to <laughs> you. <laughs>